Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. I'm Angela. So as you can tell, this sounds a lot better than it did last time. And I just want to start the episode off with so much gratitude for all of you who were able to contribute to the ministry, because thanks to those contributions, I was able to get the equipment necessary to make the sound really great for this new studio in Tennessee. So again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It means so much to me. I literally feel myself starting to cry, so I'm just going to stop talking about that now. Um, This is a really special episode for me. It's the 18th episode of Heaven and Healing, but more than that, it's the one-year anniversary episode of my walk with Jesus. So, oh no, here come the tears. (laughs) Um, This came up actually a couple weeks ago. If you're listening in real time, it's the beginning of January, 2023. Oh, it's the first episode of 2023 as well. How exciting. Wow, so many big things to come in 2023. I can't wait to see how the Lord uses me this year because the last year has been incredible and we're gonna talk all about that. Um, If you've heard my testimony before, you know the story. If not, you can find it on this platform. You can find it. You can find different episodes that I've done with Melissa Doherty on Coltish with Michael Knowles on the Daily Wire. Um, but if you've never heard it before, I am going to give a brief synopsis of that now and just kind of dive into what my walk with the Lord has been like this past year, because now I'm not fresh out of the new age. I have, you know, I'm not maybe a baby Christian anymore, perhaps a toddler at this point. So it's just been really special. It was December of 2021 when I finally laid down my life for Jesus Christ, when I finally once and for all denounced all of my new age practices, when I gave up astrology, when I gave up Reiki, when I gave up tarot, when I gave up yoga, when I gave up that crazy story that I was a star seed from another planet that came here to help ascend the collective. When I gave up my old podcast, when I threw out all of my new age paraphernalia, you know, all the crystals, the yoga mats, the Buddha heads that were all over my walls, the astrology tapestries, the Zodiac clothing that I had just spilling out of my closet, everything, every last bit of it, I got rid of it all and all the books, thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And I gave up my old podcast. I had a podcast for a year throughout 2021 all about self-healing. And it was really focused on, um, you know, giving updates on the new and the full moons as they would come bi-weekly and how we could use the new and full moon to our advantage to self-heal and all these things. I gave it all up one day in December of 2021. And I'm going to talk about why. So I'm 28 years old now as I record this. And for the first 26 to 27 years of my life, I did not know Jesus Christ. And as as many of you already know, my grandmother died in 2014, and that was the gateway for me to dive into the world of New Ageism, of the occult, of all of the things that ultimately led me astray and sent me deeper into a darkness that I had no idea that I was in. (laughs) I was... I was um I was depressed, I was anxious, I was lustful, and if I could describe myself 
from that time, the best word that I can use is just utterly blind. I was blind. And the thing is, when you're blind, you have no point of reference to compare real vision to, right? A physically blind person has never seen a tree, so they don't know what a tree looks like, so they can't even comprehend what it would be like to actually see a tree. And that's where I was. I didn't know anything other than the blindness that I was living in. And so I had nothing to compare it to, so I thought it was real. But that's the nature of deception, right? By definition, to be deceived means that you don't know you're being deceived. And in that time, after my grandmother died, I was just desperate for anything. I was desperate to connect with her again because she was my best friend in the world. And the grief is still there, as you can see. It comes in waves. Um, but she's with the Lord now, so it's all good. But she was my favorite person, and it led me down this path of desperation that ultimately led me to seeking out mediums, which led me to trying to understand my own psychic ability, which led me to tarot, which led me to astrology, which led me to yoga. Like all these things just blend together. They are all intricately connected. Um, and there's a reason for that because they are all in the devil's toolbox. So you pick up one thing from that toolbox, you are just kind of inevitably going to find your hand back in that box to pick something else up. That's how that works. It's a domino effect. And I mean, from 2014 until 2021, this is all the stuff that I was into. It was my world. When I tell you astrology was my world, no pun intended, that is, that is an understatement. I was obsessed. It was, I couldn't get enough of it. I, when I met someone new, the first thing I asked them was what their zodiac sign was, or better yet, I would try and guess. <laughs> I was basing my relationships off of the astrology of these people. You know, the person that's now my fiance, our astrology wasn't great. It didn't match up. And so there were so many times where I doubted the relationship because of what co-star said, because of what, because of what our birth charts said when they were in opposition to one another. You know, I was literally using this as the barometer of my life. Oh, if Mercury's in retrograde, I know I can't do X, Y, Z. This is how I was living for a really long time. And it's deeper than that. You know, I couldn't get up in the morning without doing yoga for an hour. And you know what that's called? That's called an addiction. I just released an episode all about yoga and people want to argue with me about it. And that's fine. I get it. I was there. I didn't want to accept that it was what it is. But, you know, I was addicted to it. And there's a reason for that because it's a spiritual narcotic yoga. I couldn't get through the day without doing it. If I had a bad day and knew I didn't do it that morning, I, that's what I would blame it on. Tarot. I based major life decisions off the tarot cards. Reiki. Oh, if I'm really depressed this month, I just must need an energy clearing. You know, there was always, a, there was always another modality to go to. There was always something else. And that's the thing with New Age is that there's always something else. There's always going to be something else. You're never going to get healed. You're never going to get healed. And I speak with the zeal because I was there and because it breaks my heart knowing that so many other people are still there and that they don't know the Lord yet. Because Jesus coming into my heart is the best thing that has ever happened to me. Because not only did he give me eternal life, but he made this life eternally better. 
you know, before Jesus, I was a lustful heathen. And, you know, I, I say that with truth. That past version of myself, she was a whore. <laughs> and that's a biblical term, you know? That's how I can describe myself, biblically speaking. I may not have acted on the things, but I thought the things, I entertained the things. I was not, I was not good. And, you know, the truth is none of us are, but I justified all that, you know, how with my astrology, <laughs> oh, my Venus is an Aries. That's why I'm, I'm so lusty. That's why I can't help myself, but to flirt with people that are in relationships at my workplace when I'm in a relationship, it's fine. Oh, um, I don't know. Aries is in Scorpio this month. That's why, that's why everything is so sexy. Like all these things, right? Not only that, but I had relationship anxiety. I was in a really, still am, steady, solid relationship, and I doubted it constantly. And guess what I went to? Tarot. Reiki healings, crystal healing, holding crystals to my chest, begging for this rock to make the anxiety go away. I would doubt this person who, in hindsight, has always loved me with the patience of Christ. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but... He's always loved me loyal, loyally, faithfully, patiently, abundantly, unconditionally. And I wanted to throw that away for one reason or another because other things felt good. I was addicted to my flesh. I was addicted to pleasure. And that's, that's, the, that's the bondage of sin. You are addicted to your flesh. You are addicted to your sin. Not only that, but I was depressed. I was anxious. I struggled with depression from basically the seventh grade onward. When some of you ever heard the story, I was severely bullied all my life, but especially the seventh grade. And from that point forward, you know, I witnessed my first suicide in the seventh grade of a classmate. And then my uncle killed himself in 2012 or in the 20, oh, not, uh, wow. The years blend together as you push 30. My uncle committed suicide when I was in high school. I, I wanted to commit suicide all the time. I was in and out of psych wards, mental hospitals. I was on antidepressants in high school. I took a trip to Rome that I hardly remember because I was literally zonked out on antidepressants. I was seriously sad. I was seriously anxious. And nothing made it better. You know, I might, I might have had these bouts of temporary relief when I was doing the New Age practices, when I did the yoga especially, like, oh, the relief would wash over me. Oh, I'm laying there in corpse pose and oh, I can finally breathe. But then, you know what? A couple days later, I'm back. And guess what? I need more yoga. <laughs> like, that is addiction. But it was nonstop. It was just perpetual pattern after pattern after pattern after pattern. And of course, the, um, the gospel of new age is, well, it's the process. It's always going to be the process. You're always going to be in the process. And it's like a totally self-refuting theology within that space because it's about how you're supposed to heal yourself and yet you're always going to be in the process of healing. So if there's never actually means to an end, then what's the point? What, what, what is the process? What, you're eventually going to achieve some sort of enlightenment, but you're not because there's always going to be a process. It's just the Lord opened my eyes so much when I, when I accepted him into my heart through the conviction of the Holy Spirit 
And I totally understood that everything I subscribe to in New Age is honestly just mumbo jumbo. It's baloney. It's all a bunch of word vomit, basically. That sounds pretty. It sounds philosophical, but ultimately really makes no logical sense and refutes itself within its own claim. You know, my truth and your truth. Okay, so there's a subjective truth then? Well, if subjective truth is true, then that would mean that there needs to be an objective truth that subjectivity is what is objectively true, right? So these things just don't make sense. But I was all wrapped up in it. I was convinced of it. And so how did I find Jesus? Well, to make a really long story short, in September of 2021, I was curled up on a ball on my kitchen floor. And again, I'm 27 at the time. And yet I feel the same way as I did when I was 17. <laughs> like I wanted to die. And I didn't understand because I was doing all the things that I thought were right. I was doing all the things that the new age asked of me, all these works, all these processes, all these steps. I was following all these guidelines. I was living my truth, right? And yet I still had this depression that I could not shake. And I get really emotional when I talk about it still because that girl, when I think of her, I'm just, I'm just so sad for her. And I'm so grateful for all that God has done for me because I tried so hard to do it on my own for so long. And it never got me anywhere. And yet by his grace, he pulled me out of that. And I wasn't worthy of it. But, you know, I, I was on, a floor, on the floor, curled up in that ball. And here's the thing, because Jesus Christ is written on all of our hearts because he is God. And God created each and every one of us. So my soul knew to call out to him in a moment where I was ready to end it. My soul knew because he's the one that made it. He knew me in the womb. He knew me before I was born. He stitched me together. He is the one. I didn't choose to be here. I used to believe that I, my soul chose to come to planet earth. How incredibly narcissistic is that? What a way to try and ease my depression, right? If you're watching, I'm really sorry that I keep rubbing my nose. What a way to try and ease my depression, you know, by telling myself, oh, I chose this life. I came here with purpose. I picked my birth chart. I want it to be here at such a time as this. Hmm, counterfeit gospel, right? It's funny how that works. But when you look at it, in retrospect, that's what it was. It was it was me trying to not kill myself by saying I chose to be here. Because if that weren't true, then boy was I hopeless. But my soul knew to cry out to Jesus Christ and I did. I said, "Jesus, save me." And I didn't know what I was saying. I had never no one in my whole life had ever told me to call out to Jesus that Jesus saves you know, I had grown up with a very loose guise of Catholicism in my elementary days, very loose guise. But I never heard that 
Jesus Christ died for your sins and he is the one, he is the redeemer. I never heard that before. So I never knew where that came from. But what I did know was the next day I woke up and I was different and it's nothing that I can explain. But here's the thing, John 10 verses 27 to 28. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. So I heard his voice because I never knew it, but I've always been his sheep. And just as the parable goes, he left the 99 to come find me. I didn't expect to cry like this. Um, so after that day, a lot of things started to change for me. You know, I noticed that my lustly desires really dissipated, you know, wanting attention from men, especially really terrible men, honestly. Um, it went away. I was actually disgusted by them. I was disgusted. And that relationship that I mentioned the, with the man that is now my fiance, may I add, it was the first time in, honestly, ever where I was sound in the relationship where there were no doubts anymore and it just went away and I, I couldn't explain it because I had tried to tarot it away. I had tried to selenite wand around my head it away. I had tried to reiki it away, cut cord it away. I had tried to full moon release it away. I had tried to ritual it away. <laughs> what else? And yet I called on Jesus and he made it go away. And then a month later, this man proposed to me something that I was terrified of happening because I was afraid that those doubts would be the first thing to pop into my mind. And yet when I turned around and he was on his knee, it was peace, you know, Ironically, there was an ocean behind me when he proposed, and I always think of how, how calm and still that ocean is and how that's how it was in my head. It was just still. And it was just a yes. It was a yes that came from that peace, that God-given peace of the Holy Spirit. And so that was really the first thing that Jesus healed for me was my relationship anxiety. And that's how I knew I was onto something because nothing had ever worked before. I had spent years going back and forth, even with therapy, nothing had healed it. And at this point, you know, I'm still doing all my new age practices. I, I'm still, I'm still into crystals. I'm still in astrology because I don't know better yet. Right. I, I haven't read the Bible yet. All I know is that Jesus Christ has touched my life and that's all I know. And so, you know, I start to get curious about the Bible eventually because I do start to go to church because my best friend, Alyssa, who I've been friends with since we were three, I've known her so long, I don't even remember meeting her. If you've watched my story before, you've heard me talk about her before, and I always make this a point to mention because it's so important. She has been praying for me our whole lives. She's always been a Christian. She's always been praying for my salvation. And guess what? The prayer was answered. And you know, because it was of God's will that this happened. But the thing is, prayer works. So always pray for those people in your life that are lost that are blind because no one is too far gone. Trust me. No one is too far gone. No one is outside of the Lord's grasp because he created them, remember? And so just pray for these people. But, you know, I had gone to church with her a couple times and the pastor was going verse by verse through the Bible. 
And this is Calvary Chapel of Philadelphia. I don't live there anymore, so I can say where I used to go because I don't have to worry about anyone showing up there. Calvary Chapel of Philadelphia, Pastor Joe, highly recommend his sermons. They're available online. He's an incredible man. Some of you have somehow pieced together that that's who it is when I say Pastor Joe, which is wild to me, but that's who it is. Um, I would go there, and I got curious about the Bible because of that reason. So one day, I went down. I went down when he did an altar call, and he prayed over me. I told him about what I was into, and he prayed over me. And it was the first time where I had been in like a meditative state, right? Because I would meditate all in new age stuff, but, you know... I would always feel this pain in my chest. And with Pastor Joe, it was the first time where I didn't feel pain. And I noticed that. It was very tangible. It was because I felt full. And that was the Holy Spirit. And so he was praying over me because he said, you know, the sermon felt like it was for me that day. He said, if anyone, you know, if you're tired of doing it alone, if you feel lost, if you feel hopeless, if you're at the end of your rope, if you feel like you've done all the things and nothing has worked, there is a God who manifested in the flesh, who came here, sent his son to die for your sins, who stretched out his arms on a wooden cross and died for you. And he is your savior. And you can have him here today. And I went down because it was just reiterating everything I felt on my kitchen floor that day. And so I went down and, you know, it took a while. I'm not going to lie. You know, I understand it doesn't happen overnight for everybody. It took a while for me to finally cut ties with all the new age practices, even after Pastor Joe prayed over me and I accepted Christ. I thought I could change the paradigm of Christianity. Even though I started reading the Bible, I thought I could change the paradigm. I wanted to keep doing astrology. I wanted to keep doing all these things. I thought, okay, I can bring God into it. But here's the thing, I can't. So here was my breaking point. Isaiah 47 and if you don't know already, this is chapter, this chapter is a prophecy of the destruction of Babylon and it declares the causes of it. So I'm going to read verses 11 through 15 here. But evil will come on you, which you will not know how to charm away and disaster will fall on you for which you cannot atone and destruction about which you do not know will come on you suddenly. Persist now in your spells and in your many sorceries with which you have labored from your youth Perhaps you will be able to benefit. Perhaps you may cause trembling, but you were wearied with your many counsels. Let now the astrologers, those who prophesy by the stars, those who predict the new moons, stand up and save you from what will come upon you. Behold, they have become like stubble. Fire burns them. They cannot save themselves from the power of the flame. There, is n there will be no coal to warm by, nor a fire to sit before. So have those become to you with whom you have labored. Those who have done business with you from your youth, each has wandered in his own way. There is no one to save you. Right? So it's kind of like a challenge. It's kind of like God saying, yeah, let them come save you. Let the astrologers come save you now. Guess what? They're going to burn in their own fire. And there is no one to save you. And when I read that, the Holy Spirit washed over me. And that was it. That was it. You know, because here in these verses, this is the truth of what God thinks about astrology and the consequence of adhering to a practice like it. You know, God deploys here divine humiliation and destruction upon Babylon and the Babylonians for their rebellion 
And yes, I'm going to do an astrology series this year. Finally, I wanted to take the whole year to really study it. But, you know, the thing is, I just knew that I could ultimately, I, I could no longer subscribe to astrology, but uh, you can subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. So if you are not do that on YouTube, Apple, or Spotify, that way you will be the first to see when new episodes release. And also give this podcast a five-star rating or written review. If you have not already done so, it really helps get it into more eyes and ears and just plant these seeds for the kingdom. If you believe in this ministry and finally, if you don't follow me on Instagram, you should definitely do that. I am on there quite often, more than I would like to be, honestly, working on that in the new year. But it's at Angela Marie Yucci. I'm going to put that right here, and I will leave that in the show notes if you're listening. So definitely go follow me there. I post so much content on New Age deception and just on giving glory to God in general. So anyway, at this point, I'm just totally surrendered to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit really used those verses from Isaiah to convict me. And I gave it up once and for all. I called Alyssa crying and I said, I need to stop my podcast. I need to stop astrology. I need to stop yoga. I need to stop it all. It had taken me from September 2021 to December of 2021 to stop straddling the fence and to just jump over and to just leave it all behind, to really pick up my cross and follow Jesus at that time to crucify my fleshly desires and like I said, I learned at this point, he revealed to me that there was no such thing as my truth or your truth. There's no such thing as subjective truth because, especially in the case of God, because by definition, truth is immutable, right? Truth is immutable. Truth is objective. And God revealed to me that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. God just... In December 2021, God opened my eyes and revealed to me that everything I had previously believed in was ultimately all self-refuting pseudo-spiritual philosophy that honestly excused me of being accountable to anything other than myself. And guess what that did? It justified my sins, which I didn't even know was a thing, but it justified my sins, leaving me totally blameless and free to indulge in my bad behavior and create this false narrative alongside it that I could somehow both be the problem and the solution. But of course, the ongoing depression that I mentioned was evident that this is certainly not the case, right? And this is why so many people are drawn to New Ageism. It seems to offer answers. It seems to offer healing. It seems to paint this picture that you are the creator of your life. You are the God of your own life. And that just makes us feel good to hear, to believe. Because guess what? Then there is no sin to repent for. There is no need for Jesus. There's no need for a savior because you're your own savior. This is why so many people are drawn to it because it not only tells you to accept yourself as you are, it tells you to love yourself as you are. And guess what? God loves you where you are in that space, but he doesn't accept you because the thing is he loves you too much to leave you there. New ageism encourages you to just stay there and love yourself regardless of what that means for the people around you or how that causes destruction in your own life. But, you know, ultimately by the power of the Holy Spirit, December 2021, 
I repented for my sins. I laid my life before the Lord's feet. I completely surrendered to Jesus Christ because he called me to himself, and it's the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Like I said, you know, not only am I not going to hell anymore, which the concept of hell, or I should say the reality of hell, <laughs> is nothing I ever believed in in the new age, which is also really convenient, right? Because if there's no hell, then you can just do whatever you want and live however you want. Live your truth. Be free. But hell, hell is real. Hell is real. And so is heaven. And like I said, he gave me that eternal life. He gave me heaven and um, he made this life eternally better too. So I'm just long-winded by nature. I wanted to make that much more brief, but that's the synopsis of my testimony of how I came to Jesus. Now I want to talk about what this year has been like since I found Jesus, because that happened in this in December of 2021, and it's now January of 2023. And so I want to talk about a few key things. Okay, at first, let's address something I get asked a lot. What happened to your new age friends? There's a lot of things I wish I handled better with that, but I didn't know any better at the time. Um, I wish that I had tried harder to really show them the love of Christ. I wish that I had showed them the scriptures I was reading. I wish I had shown them Isaiah. I wish I had shown them Deuteronomy. I wish I had shown them John. Because none of us are responsible for saving anyone else. And I want to make that clear. Nothing you could ever say or do would save someone else. That's all on God's will and God's terms. But I could have represented Christ better by doing so. And again, I didn't know any better. I was I was fresh out of the new age. I um it was kind of like a mutual falling away on both of our ends. They saw me change and they kind of, you know, got hesitant toward that and I didn't want to partake in anything that they were doing anymore. And so I don't hate any of them by any means. I love them all dearly. I pray for them every day by name. And I've faced a lot of judgment of, from them, a lot of criticism. You know, I've been accused of my, quote, fame. You know, me using my, my, my past as evil and using that to exalt my fame. And I, I've been told that I need to find myself. I've been told I'm no longer spiritual. I've been told all of the things. I don't need to get into that. It's not important, but... They've had massive criticisms, and I know that's not really them. It's kind of just the Holy Spirit convicting them and them not being aware of it sort of thing. And so, yeah, I mean, I was perceived as crazy 100%, not necessarily by my old circle, but by everyone around me, everyone, <laughs> right down to my fiancé, which I'll get into in a minute. But, yeah, everyone thought I was crazy. But the the funny thing is, and I say this all the time, I was I was never crazy when I thought I was an alien, right? Like, that was fine. It was fine that I was really convinced that I had flown in from some constellation and that my soul just saw my mother and just flew into her womb and was like, this is my mom, this is my life, this is my birth chart, this is what I'm going to do in this life, and that I had soul soulfully contracted to that somewhere in the universe at some point or another. 
that was fine. But now I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and I'm crazy. Right? And I know many of you can relate to that. And there's, there's scripture to support why this is. Because scriptures say that Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers. And so all that old stuff, all the new age stuff, all the occult stuff isn't going to make anyone bat an eye because it's not real vision like we talked about in the beginning. But when Jesus enters the picture, <laughs> because, all, because everyone is blind by the prince of this world, the enemy, doesn't seem right. Seems crazy. And so that was one of the first things I noticed when I started talking about Jesus is how everyone's perception of me changed. But before I was celebrated, when I was posting half-naked pictures of myself online, great, claps for Angela. When I was teaching yoga classes, claps for Angela. When I was teaching astrology, claps for Angela. Or not even just claps, but people just left me alone. People left me alone. And you know what's really funny is that people that I haven't even spoken to since I was literally a child now watch all my stuff when they never cared before. But now that Jesus is in the picture, people care. Makes you wonder, right? Because there's, there's got to be something to that. There's got to be something to that. Why Jesus Christ triggers people like no one else does. Like no other name does. Buddha doesn't trigger trigger. Buddha doesn't trigger people. Does he? No. But you say, I believe in Jesus. People get uncomfortable. Why? Oh, you're religious? There's something to it. And I go back to, it's written on all of our hearts. So when something stirs that up, it's very uncomfortable because you're not used to it. But you, you can intrinsically sense that there's something there, whether or not you can admit that. And that's why Jesus' name and just belief in the Bible is so disturbing for people that don't want to believe it. And shortly after I was saved, you know, my mom is, is one of the people who actually supported me from the beginning um, because my mom was obviously just happy to see me happy. What, what mother wouldn't be, right? I started telling her, you know, I was keeping her in the loop all throughout the time where I was straddling both trying to be a new age Christian and telling her about God and telling her that it was very different from things that we had learned um, in Catholic church and all these things. And I started inviting her to Calvary with me and she broke down and accepted Christ too, which was really special. I mean, that happened about a month after me and our relationship really changed from that point forward because she is a single mom. She raised me alongside my grandmom and um, we're all the other has ever had. And our relationship got really bad when I was a teenager because teenager and just, you know, she's had a lot of issues too. And so there were times where I just didn't want anything to do with her. I mean, honestly, when I was 27, I was fine with never seeing her. I, and I know her hearing this, she's not going to like it, but it's not the case anymore. I didn't want to see her. I didn't care. I was totally cool if I moved away and 
had kids and she never saw them. Like I was fine with all these things. I didn't need her to be a part of my life. Now I want her to be. Now I do need her to be because of Jesus. And um, our relationship is a lot better. You know, we still argue sometimes, but that's, we reconcile differently um, because the Lord's on both of our hearts and it's really special. Um, I pray that if you have any unsaved parents that they would come to the Lord and I hope that you'll pray for them every day too. Um, and invite them to church with you, you know, just say, just say, Hey, it's an hour of your day. Just come sit with me. That, that's all it is, right? Just come sit with me, you know, make it, make it as something that they're doing for you. Um, now my fiance, I, I, I was different and he knew it. He could tell I was obviously not, I was not sad like I was before. And I was really excited and whatever. And he didn't like it. It was the same thing as like other people. Like he thought it was too much. He thought it was, I was going off the deep end, but you know, whereas before when I literally had like on a Zodiac hat and a Zodiac t-shirt and like pants with moons and stars on them, like that wasn't too much. That was okay. That was fine. But then I started wearing a shirt that says seek Jesus. And he's like, that's why are you wearing clothes? Like even your clothes. But it's like, that's how it was before <laughs> with all the other stuff. But this triggered him so much. And we had a really hard time because at this point we're engaged, right? And this is, again, I'm still really new on my walk. I hadn't read any of Corinthians yet where it talks about being unequally yoked. Oh, but once that happened, whew, whole new level of conviction, you know, because a lot of things changed in our relationship. I started to be really convicted of, of things the more I read the Bible because that's what the word does to you because it's, it's, it's the living word of God. So it talks to you and it tells you things like that God wants of you, that he says to you. And so as I started implementing those biblical boundaries within our relationship, he didn't like that. And it's because he didn't, he didn't understand. He couldn't understand. And he got mad at me. And, you know, this whole journey with me and my fiance is for another time and place. But I just want to illustrate how even as a Christian, there's a struggle. And the Bible says this will happen. Like the Bible says to expect this. The Bible says literally there will be division in households because of me. That's what the Lord says, because of me. And there certainly was division in the households. We, you know, like I said, he's always loved me with the patience of Christ. He really, really has until I loved Christ. And it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how everything happened. And I would pray ceaselessly for his salvation because it did get to a point where I was very convicted by Corinthians where it says, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. Um, and I knew, you know, how, how it says further, I don't have the verse memorized, but it says, you know, what does light have to do with darkness? And every time I read it, I just knew that God had a plan for me that was probably outside our relationship and it broke my heart. And I got mad at God a lot about it. Honestly, I did because I was, like I said, the relationship anxiety went away and I was finally sound and letting myself be loved by this man that has loved me for so many years. We've known each other since we were 14. That's, that's half my life. And it was just a really tumultuous time. Now, 
fast forward to present day, he believes in, he believes in Jesus Christ. And that was a really long journey to get here. And like I said, the whole story is for another time, but prayer works and God works. If God wants a heart, he's going to get it because he made it. Okay. So let's just make that clear. Um, my anxiety and depression totally went away. Not when my fiance came to the Lord, but when I came to the Lord, my, my depression and anxiety totally went away, you know, and that's not to say I don't ever get depressed or anxious. I want to be clear, but depression and anxiety are no longer my, my barometer that's no longer like my neutral state. It's just a, an, it's a fleeting emotion. That's what I'm looking for. It's a, it's a fleeting emotion. It's not like a temporary chronic state that I fluctuate in and out of. It's like the steady joy of the Lord. And then maybe like a spike of a streak of depression here and there, but it's not depression as like a soul crushing thing. It's just the emotion of it once in a while because we're human and we have feelings, right? So I, I was just made entirely new and it was literally a miracle because I will say this, you know, even though I might get anxious about something once in a while or feel sadness once in a while about something, like I just cried at the beginning because I thought about my grandma, right? But I have not wanted to kill myself since September of 2021 when I called out to Jesus Christ for the first time. I have never felt that way ever since. And it's because of 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become anew. And I was, I was made anew. And like I said, that's not to say there aren't things I struggle with because there are my journey with my fiance being one of them, but it's different because even when I'm rattled now, I'm solid. And even when I bend, I don't break anymore. I get through things so much differently than I used to. And it's because I get through them with Jesus rather than leaning on my own understanding. Proverbs three, he changed me because he's the only one that can do that. If you're watching this and you don't know the Lord, Please know that you're never going to change yourself the way that you're trying to. Think about it logically. How can you be the knot and then also be the means to untie the knot? A knot does not untie itself from the inside out. It's not how it works. You can't do it. And that's not meant to be discouraging, quite the opposite. It's meant to be so encouraging because there is a savior. His name is Jesus and he loves you. And he can heal you and he's waiting to. He changed my desires. He changed me. He made the lust, the lust crap go away. I was able to cut ties with and quit a job that I was at this point only at because it was kind of like a dopamine hit for my flesh, if I'm being honest, because of the people I worked with that gave me attention. He changed so much for me. It's honestly a miracle 
when I think back to that time in my life, now it's been a whole year. It seems so far away. You know, when I first started this podcast, it was so fresh. And now it's a whole year and it seems so far away. And I'm so honored by the new creation that he has made me. And don't get me wrong. This is not to exalt myself. I'm not perfect by any means. We all fall short to the glory of God because, you know, we're still in a fallen world. We're still in our fleshly bodies. Yes, we're new creations, but we're still here for now. So we're still going to struggle with sin. We're still going to struggle with things. That's why Jesus came at all, right? But, you know, he's just, he's done so much to kind of showcase his glory through my testimony this year. The way my audience has grown exponentially is insane. And it's so humbling because I tried for years online. And, you know, a lot of people, I, I've gotten accused of this a lot. Like people say, oh, you've been trying for years. It was like the band blog and then it was your health stuff. And then it was the astrology stuff. You've been trying for years to build a platform. Now you're just capitalizing on the Jesus thing. And, you know, like, honestly, I can't imagine anymore having such shallow thoughts about somebody. But that just goes to show the depravity in their heart. And guess what cures that depravity? Jesus. So I had tried for years, like I said, to build that audience. And when I finally surrendered caring about that stuff, because I just wanted to give my life to the Lord, God was like, here you go. And just all these people came flooding in and they've been flooding in. And it's all for him, not for me, you know? He's given me amazing opportunities with Coltish, Melissa Doherty, the Daily Wire, the Daily Wire with Michael Knowles, like I talked about. And he's just using my testimony to reach so many pre people. And it's truly the greatest honor of my life because, again, none of this is about me. I don't do any of this with the intention of myself, <laughs> any of it, because I fall short all the time. I do. I do walk in obedience to the Lord. Don't get me wrong, but I still fall short. I say all the time, we all sin like 10 times in the morning before we brush our teeth, right? Let's be real. But, you know, I don't share my testimony or my walk with the Lord to brag about how far I've come. The blessed, and I, talk, I don't talk, you know, I don't talk about the blessings bestowed onto me or talk about my large following because it's like patting myself on the back or anything to boast about. I share it because my testimony in this entire year with the Lord is, again, a showcase of his glory. He gets all the glory. I am just his faithful servant. I am his daughter, and I am at his will, and I want nothing more than to fulfill his plan for my life in whatever capacity he wants me to. And given what he has done this year, as I share my testimony, I, I really think this is what he wants. If he didn't want this, it would end. And so until that time comes, I'm just humbled and happy to serve him in this capacity and to continue to share my story, offer his glory, and to point people towards the one true savior. So moving on this year. So this kind of couples with the whole story with my fiance, right? I've always wanted to live in Tennessee for the past like five years or so. And then the past couple of years, I've, been, I've visited a few times. Um, since 2017, I've, I've visited quite a few times, and every time just fall more in love, fell more in love with the state. Um, 
Now, it's funny because right after I called out to Jesus when I was still on the fence of straddling new age, I came to Tennessee with my fiance. That's right before we got engaged in Florida. So we were on this road trip. We actually saw the Daily Wire, really full circle, huh? Because then a year later, I would be there recording with Michael Knowles <laughs> telling my coming to Christ story. It's crazy. But anyway, um, we're in Tennessee. We fall in love with the area. We're like, we got we to gotta move here. We got to move here. But honestly, something about myself and my fiance is that a lot of the time before, we were always all talk with a lot of things. Always all talk. I never knew how we were going to get here. I, I never knew how we would get here ever. And as I was struggling with this, um, being unequally yoked with him, I one time prayed just kind of like ambiguously, not really expecting anything of it. I prayed, I said, God, if it's of your will, if, if, if he is of your will for me, then set us up in Tennessee. Show me, show me that he's going to be saved one day. And now this is alongside me praying ceaselessly every day for his salvation, that God would soften his heart, give him a heart of flesh, that God would remove his blinders, that God would give him eyes to see and ears to hear, that he would drag him to the foot of the cross, kicking and screaming if he had to. And he got a job offer in Tennessee in the exact city that he didn't even apply for. And it was, it was this moment where I... I really recognize the Lord um, doing something that, and I know we all have these moments where you just know that it's just this, it's just for you, right? It's for you. It's not some silly post on Instagram that someone made and you're like, oh, is this a sign? No, it's for you. It's very specific, something that's happened that only God could do. And that was like a big thing with the Tennessee move. Um, so he went down before me, um, months before me, because I intentionally held back because we were unequally yoked. I was not just going to go down there with this man that did not trust in the Lord. I wasn't. Um, especially not being married yet. I wasn't going to. Um, I wasn't married to him, so I wasn't obligated to take his lead yet. So I, uh, I, I took that time, those, those couple months to just keep praying and really thinking about this and you know, thinking about all the fights we got into over the year, all the things he said to me, how how mean he was, how how he put his hand up in Jesus's face time and time again, despite how much the Lord was reaching out. And I, I finally reconciled with it because it was kind of, you know, easier to. I was thinking, Lord, did you give me the space from him to make it easier? Like you, you really do. You really don't want me to be with him. Is this really how it's going to be? But I kind of started to make peace with it because I had been like nine months into my walk at this point and I trusted God so much because I had seen how he had been working for me all along, trusted God so much that I knew he would never hurt me. He would never lead me astray. He would never have me do something that ultimately wasn't a part of his plan for my good, for his glory. He just wouldn't do that because he doesn't do that, because he is a faithful God who keeps his promises. And so I knew that it was going to hurt, but I reconciled and I said, fine, Lord, fine, fine. Um, I'll do it. I'll, I'll end it. Fine, 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 fine. Like it was just this very visceral moment where I talked to Jesus and I, and I, and I surrendered once again, I surrendered. And it was that day. It was that day where my fiance told me that he believed and that he couldn't deny it anymore. 
and asking me, how do I accept? And I said, I think you just did. And again, long story, not going to get into it all of it now, but that happened. And I praise God every single day that he wrote the most romantic love story ever. He is such a, he is such a romantic author. I say that all the time to my friends. Because again, I, we've loved each other since we were in high school. And so the whole story from then to now, he's just like written all of it. And, and, and I can see that now in hindsight because there were times when we would break up and then come back together. And it's like, that was God's providence. That wasn't us. That was God's providence. Our love for each other was because God wanted us to ultimately be in covenant with him as man and wife. That's why we kept coming back to each other. It's miraculous. It's beautiful. Um, and I can't, I can't even begin to imagine we're getting married this year very soon. And I can't even begin to imagine all the, all, all like the journey ahead of us and how great it's going to be when we have a family and stuff. But anyway, um, so I don't even know where I was with that. Tennessee. So Tennessee, <laughs> like I said, we were all talk before and then the Lord made it possible to come here. So I finally came down after, after that happened with him, after I knew, I knew it was finally on his heart and well, Jesus was in his heart, I should say. And so, you know, we, we had long discussions about that. I, again, I don't want to get into all of it, but anyway, so we came, I came down finally and, you know, we're working out all the kinks with, um, as we, as we journey into marriage, but I can't believe I'm here in Tennessee because like I said, I've always wanted to be here. And it was something that only the Lord could have orchestrated in the way that it happened. And he wanted it to happen. Like it was clear. There were so many odds stacked against it. <laughs> it's a whole story. Um, it's a whole story. There were challenges. I don't want to make it seem like God has just been this vending machine for me the whole year that just like deposits blessing after blessing after blessing because he has certainly disciplined me in a lot of ways and he has certainly let lots of obstacles be in my path. But the thing is with all those obstacles, he has shown me how he is the ultimate obstacle course master. He gets through everything. All I got to do is hold his hand and lean on him and not myself. And so with Tennessee has come many struggles. And, you know, if you've been following me, you know that. I mean, the, the whole thing with this podcast getting relaunched since the move has been such a struggle in and of itself. And there's been a lot of financial struggles. Like I've, I'm going to be totally vulnerable here. I've, I've had to basically drain my savings uh, since I've been here. And it's the first time in my life where I kind of had no money. And that was scary. But I knew God had me. I knew he wasn't going to let it get so bad for me that I had no way out sort of thing because he wanted me here, right? So he turned it around right before it got to that point, just like he does, because he just, I, again, God is an epic author. He writes epic stories because he loves to show his glory. He loves, he loves when we give him glory, for those, for those narratives, it's just beautiful. And so, yeah, I was really, with the move to Tennessee, I was really humbled and taught to have faith and trust in God in a way that I never had before because I'm 900 miles away from everything I've ever known, my family, my mom, who's always been my, my uh, landing spot. And I didn't have any of that. 
but I did have the Lord and that's all I needed. And, um, he got me through, he got me through. I prayed every day. There were moments where I was scared. There were moments where I was anxious about it, but I knew intrinsically I was all good because of Jesus. And so that was really something nice to observe with myself was how, if that had happened to me when I was in new age, if I had been to the point of actually broke, broke when I was in new age, I would have started with the kill myself spiral. I would have wanted to die. I would have thought, you know, why is this happening to me? Woe is me, victim, victim, victim. But with Christ, you're not a victim anymore. You're a victor. And so I had that victor mindset. And it's not because of my own accord. It's because of Christ. It's because I'm covered in his blood. And so I, I knew it would be okay. And sure enough, it was. And so it was a really, it was really humbling time the first couple months living here. I'm, I say that as if I've been here long. It's been about two and a half months. And that has been a humbling time. It's, this is the turning point of that really dry season. And I'm so grateful. He's just so good. Even when I struggle with things, I am not how I was. It's not the end of the world anymore all the time. It's, it's just not. It's just a challenge. It's just something I have to get through. And I'm not going to get through it on my own. I, I got God there. He knows all my days. He has a plan for me. I have full faith in that. And anyway, it's just been a really humbling and special experience that has all been in God's providence coming to Tennessee. So Moving on from that, you know, when I first came out of New Age, I was kind of wearing kid gloves. Like, I was afraid of everything. I, I, uh, I thought everything was demonic. Um, over the summer of 2022, I did a fast, and God, like, snapped me out of that. that I, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I wasn't expecting that to happen with the fast. But... He used that fast particularly to kind of remind me that I am free in Christ. And to be clear, that doesn't mean free to live in sin or do whatever I want in defiance of his word. I want to be clear about that. But I was free in Christ because he's sovereign over me and he's sovereign over everything. He's even sovereign over Satan. And I did a whole episode inspired by this. Could Should we fear the devil? And um, yeah, it was. I was able to take those kid gloves off. I stopped questioning, like, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I ever leave my house? Because I, honestly, and I know a lot of people that come out of New Age kind of feel this way, like, everything is scary. The devil is everywhere. Because when you've been deceived for so long, you are terrified of ever falling into that deception again because you didn't realize you were deceived before. And so you're afraid of being blindsided again. And I get that because I was there. And I think that's a very, very common thing from a lot of New Agers that I talk to is that we kind of have this like PTSD coming out of the New Age. And we are scared that everything is demonic and that everything is the devil. But again, God is sovereign over it all. And so we're good. Once we are covered in the blood of Christ, washed over with the Holy Spirit, we're good. And it was really, really freeing when I, when I had that veil removed when he, when he really showed that to me that, look, you're giving the devil way too much credit. You're giving him way too much credit. And now I want to be clear, that's not to say that there aren't 
sinful things. You know, Satan is the prince of this world, but God is still sovereign over that. You know, so I, I want to be clear that that we that doesn't give us a hall pass to kind of play in the devil's playground with things like astrology or yoga or tarot or Ouija, stuff like that. That's not a hall pass to go to go into, you know, how in The Lion King, how Simba goes to the elephant graveyard. Because even though Mufasa, like, why am I going here? Because even though Mufasa is like the king of the pride lands and technically has reign over the elephant graveyard, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a good analogy, and has reign over the elephant graveyard, Simba goes there and he's still in danger. And yeah, ultimately, Mufasa saves him from that, right? But he still puts himself in danger. So that was silly, but you get it. You get what I'm saying here. God is sovereign over everything, but there are still things that the devil is just intrinsically a part of. And that is all the pseudo-spiritual stuff. That's the astrology. That's the tarot. That's all the divination. That's all the stuff that God warns about in his Bible for a reason, right? Mediumship, all of it. Law of attraction, manifestation, Reiki, all of the occult things that no coincidence are all somehow connected with each other, right? So anyway, when I came out of New Age, I had that mindset that everything is the devil, everything's the devil, everything's the devil, everything's the devil. Oh my gosh, I can't do anything. I can't ever be in this setting or in that setting. I can't ever, I can't do anything. Everything is, the, I can't watch movies. I can't, I can't, I can't do anything. I mean, like literally anything. I, I was terrified. But um, God showed me and reminded me that, no, I'm free in Christ. I can do these things because I do have the discernment of the Holy Spirit. And so if something is really wrong, the Holy Spirit's going to tell me. The Holy Spirit's going to show that to me. The Holy Spirit's going to reveal that to me, whether it be in an experiential thing or in the Bible, because it's all laid out in God's word. So that was something that has really um, transpired for me over my first year with Christ is going from this um, kind of bubble mindset of I can't do anything to really living in my freedom in Christ. And I walk with confidence and in the authority Christ has given me as his daughter to walk with the full armor of God as Ephesians 6 supplies us with, which is prayer and the word. Um, and although I do make it a point to expose the darkness of this world and of the new age, as scripture calls us to in Ephesians 5, um, I'm no longer afraid of becoming consumed by that darkness because I have full faith in the light of Christ. So moving on from that now, I've just learned so much about uh, eschatology and the doctrine, especially after my most recent fast, I've learned a lot about um, correct doctrine. And I'm always learning. I'm not claiming to be an expert on the Bible by any means, because there are people that have been studying it for years and 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 years. And I'm nowhere near that level, but I still have the rest of my life to learn with the Lord. So that's really beautiful. But I've still learned a lot. I've learned a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Like, um, you know, for instance, in one of my first episodes, I think I do say that King James is the only Bible we should read. Whereas now, you know, there might be arguments that it is the best translation, but I think that the whole like King James only thing is in a way 
in a way a deception because it it kind of makes people afraid to even read the Bible if it's not that version, right? And so what's important is that we read it at all. And so like there, that's what I mean. Like things in my theology have just loosened up and changed and and really matured is the word I should say, have matured. And um, I've stopped reading the Bible as if every single word is for me. Like, you know, because new age is very feelings based. Everything is for you. Everything is for you. Everything is for you, how it makes you feel. And so I started reading it as I matured in Christ with the understanding that everything in the Bible is ultimately for God, right? Because the Bible is God's word. Everything is for God. He made all of us for his glory. Everything is for his glory. And so the Bible is his word and thus is an explanation of his plan. And so I understand how important it is to read it in that context and to rightly divide the scriptures. As Paul writes in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, you know, scripture even tells us that we kind of have to be a workman when it comes to the Bible to really understand it. And that's been a really fun experience for me. It has been. Um, studying the different, you know, learning why there are so many different denominations because there's so many ways that people interpret the the Bible and finding the things that are actually doctrinally sound has been really, really humbling because there are things I, for, I believe when I first got saved that now I recognize aren't true or aren't scripturally accurate. And it's been a really, it's been really great to be that worker and to rightly divide the word of truth and be diligent in understanding the scriptures so that I can be obedient to the Lord. And God has just transformed, he's transformed every area of my life for the better. Um, there's been true relief. There's been healing. There's been true revival, true redemption. I no longer live with a basket full of counterfeit godliness. You know, I'm no longer stuck on a hamster wheel on one self-healing modality to another, jumping from one occult pool into the next in this chronic state of seeking because I have been found once and for all. Jesus found me. You know, he snatched me from the darkness and he has just sown into me in ways I never could have even begun to imagine. Even this time last year when I was fresh in my walk, I could have never began to imagine the ways that he has sown into me. And speaking of being sown into, um, you can sow into the Heaven and Healing Ministry by donating at donorbox.org slash heaven dash healing dash podcast dash ministry or by a direct Venmo, which is just my full name, Angela Marie Yucci. I'll put all that in the show notes. And if you're watching, you see it right now. But 100% of those contributions go toward the maintenance and production of this podcast. So if you really believe in what God is using me for in such a time as this, uh, fiscal contribution is a great way to support that. And if you're unable to do so, I totally understand, as I would never expect that from you. But I do ask that you keep myself and this podcast in your prayers because I know better than anyone that prayers are the most powerful currency. So thank you guys so much. Uh, yeah, the Lord has just humbled me so much this year. He redeemed me. He saved me from the deception. He saved me from the enemy. He saved me from the trap of secularism and the new age. He saved me from the feminist lie that you should just sleep around, do whatever you want. 
you know, wear whatever you want. And, you know, he saved me from all that, thankfully, before it was too late for me to have kids. Because I am, I am afraid of where things would have ended up for me if I had <laughs> sought my wild oats, shall we say. I'm afraid of where things would have ended up for me. Because if you haven't noticed, a lot of women kind of turn around in their, in their mid to late 30s and decide that they didn't want the career or they're sad that they wasted their life on sleeping around because now they want a baby and their, their cats aren't enough. That's a whole episode in and of itself that we will do at some point. But he changed the desires of my heart because I want to be a mother so badly. And it's like the kind of thing where just like with Tennessee, like I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know how I'd make it work. I can't imagine being a mom right now because financially um, and because of my job and because of my fiance's job. But like, I know the Lord is going to make that happen the way he intends to. So I'm not worried about it. And I know it's going to happen in his right timing. But the beauty is that he changed my desires. Like I really want to be a mom. Um, I just can't imagine anything more beautiful in life. Like what a gift, what an absolute blessing it is to be a woman and to be able to carry a baby in the womb and give birth to that child in the providence of God by the grace of God. I, I cannot wait until he facilitates a life through my body and, um, I just can't wait to get married and to be living in a covenant as man and wife, because my whole view on marriage has changed too. You know, I used to, I used to kind of like feel like it didn't matter if me and my fiance ever did get married, because I used to tell people, well, we're basically married, you know, we've loved each other so long and all these, all these things that are just so utterly untrue. <laughs> it's just a piece of paper, right? That, that famous thing. It's crazy how he has changed my heart and it's all changes that could only be reconciled through his righteousness, through his grace. He's a miracle worker. He's the creator of the universe. He's the Lord of the universe. He can do anything and he can change any heart and it's, it's incredible. And I'm just so blessed that he saved me from myself. And, you know, when things get rough, something I like to come back to, probably my favorite verse. People ask me a lot, what is your favorite verse? I think this one is. I really do. I think this is my favorite verse. Um, other than the John 10 one that I, that I said at the beginning, but I think this is my favorite. I think of it often, Romans 8.18, where it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. The sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Because how sweet is that glory going to be? The day when we stand before the Lord of Lords, like King Jesus, and just walk alongside him in eternity. The sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing. Nothing is ever so bad. Nothing is ever so bad because that is true. His word is true. He is faithful. And I'm so grateful. I don't know how, how many, how I could ever actually express that in words. 
So I try and express it in actions just by doing what the Bible says, not because it's an obligation, not because it's works for salvation, but because I love him. And when you love someone, you want to make them happy. You want to please them, right? Someone you love is cold, you take your jacket off, even if that means you get cold and you'd give it to them so that they're warm, you know, just sacrifice, love, putting them first. And so that's how I, that's the least I can do. And I'll still fall short. The Bible says that. The Bible promises that. I'm still going to fall short even when I try my best. And so I'll just keep trying my best because I love him. I love Jesus. I love the Lord. I want to be obedient to him. I want to put him first. Even when I want to rebel. And let's be real. We all want to. We all are in this flesh. But... It's been a really special year. And it's insane to think that this could just be the beginning. This could just be the beginning. I am just totally laying it at his feet. Whatever he wants to do through me in 2023, however he wants to use this ministry, however he wants to use me, however he wants to use my testimony, I'm just trusting. I'm just laying it at his feet. And just being obedient in the process because it has been the most fulfilling thing I have ever done is to stop trying to fulfill myself and to just give it to God. I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful. I'm so sound. When I first got saved, I used to say that a lot, that I'm sound, I'm sound, I'm sound. And it's because it was something I couldn't comprehend at the time. I couldn't comprehend that I was actually at peace. And of course, the Bible says a peace that surpasses all understanding, right? And that's what it was. And that's what I have because the Holy Spirit lives in me. He put it there. He chose me. And that's not, again, some sort of boast or self-exaltion. That's just, that's just an awestruck, an awestruck reaction. He chose me. I'm so humbled. It's really been so special. But I don't want to sound like a broken record. If you're watching this, if you've made it this far and you have and you don't know the Lord, I want you to know that he's waiting for you with open arms. That Revelation 3:20 says that he stands at the door and he knocks. He knocks at the door. He knocks. And I wonder if you have made it this far. If the reason you have made it this far is because you've heard that knock. That's him. And John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son, that who, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You are that. Okay, you are 
who God loves so much that he sent Jesus for. And if you're stuck in the new age or agnosticism, like my fiance was just an agnostic wondering, how can you know this? How can you know that? Look, whatever you're searching for in whatever you do, whether it is new age stuff, you know, rabbit hole after rabbit hole of birth chart, of zodiac wheel, of moon cycles, or, you know, looking up what crystal is going to help this anxiety and that anxiety and this depression and this thing or whatever, and pulling cards every day, trying to get some sort of answer. Or if you're just trying to do it on your own, because you think you're your own God, you think you're your own master. And yet you always somehow seem to fail yourself, right? I just, I just want you to know that everything you're searching for with whatever it is you believe in or you do can only be found in Jesus Christ alone because he is the true vine, John 15, 1. He is the true vine. And again, that doesn't mean all your problems go away, but it does mean that the God who created the universe is on your side because he's your Lord and Savior. So if you're just perpetually seeking I just want you to know that there's only one who will find you and his name is Jesus. You're never going to be satisfied with anything else. You will never be content with anything else. And that's not to say you won't experience times where you do feel content, but you will never have a state of contentment like you will when you have Christ because he's the only one that can fill the God-shaped hole each and every one of us has. The drugs aren't going to do it. The alcohol is not going to do it. The food's not going to do it. The partying's not going to do it. The sex isn't going to do it. The lust isn't going to do it. The money's not going to do it. The job's not going to do it. The yoga's not going to do it. The magic isn't going to do it. The sound bath isn't going to do it. The Enneagram's not going to do it. Knowing your birth chart's not going to do it. Subscribing to some weird notion that you're an alien from another galaxy that came here to ascend the collective is not going to do it. And rejecting all of that and thinking that we're just spinning through space, hurling on this rock to the center of the universe is not going to do it. And thinking that nothing matters because of that. Nothing's going to do it. Jesus will, and Jesus does. You know, for believers, this world is the closest that we're going to get to hell. But for unbelievers, this world is the closest that they will get to heaven. So I just want you to kind of reflect on that, because life is so much more than you. Life is so much more than the way you've been going on as you reject Christ. You are a sinner. I am a sinner. Everyone on this earth is a sinner. We are in a fallen world and we need a savior because we cannot be both the problem and the solution. We just can't. Logically, we can't. Definitively, we cannot. So say a prayer and welcome him into your heart now, even if you don't know what that looks like. In fact, admit to him that you don't know what that looks like, because the thing is he does, he knows what it looks like. Just like he knew what it looked like for me all along the day when I was collapsed on my floor, curled up in a ball, 
and I called out to Jesus for the first time and I didn't know why he did because he had a plan and he knew what that journey would look like from that point forward. And the thing is, he let me go through that darkness. He let me go through hell, essentially go through hell for years. He let me go through the new age stuff. He let me be deceived. He let me think that I would find my answers in astrology. He let me think I would find my salvation on a yoga mat. He let me think that uh, that the tarot cards were going to actually orchestrate the next six months of my life. He let me believe all those things. He let me be deceived by all those things. He let me sit in such pitch black darkness because the thing is he knew that in that pitch black darkness is the only way I was ever going to see his light. It's the only way I would ever see his light. It's the only way I would ever step toward his light. It's the only way I would ever see his hand reach into the deep end and snatch me out of that muck and mire and depravity and sin and depression and hopelessness and grief. He had a plan and he has a plan for you. Jesus Christ stretched out his arms on a wooden cross and died for you because God so loved the world. He loves you. And he will do it because his, Bible, his, his word promises that he will. His word promises that he will. And so I do have a follow-up episode to this that I will be posting on my Patreon, which has yet to be published if you're listening in real time. But within the coming weeks, I will have a Patreon um, where I will be posting bonus content, part two episodes. I had asked my Instagram audience what questions they had regarding my walk with the Lord this past year. So I got so many questions and I decided to save that as a part two episode as one of the first episodes for the Patreon. So uh, there's going to be a couple different membership options in that space. And hopefully uh, that's going to, you know, God willing, the Patreon will be something that kind of helps bring this into a uh, full-time ministry. That would be great, right? To just kind of plant more seeds for the kingdom as much as I possibly can and just serve God constantly instead of serving stakes. So um, yeah, the details will come soon on the Patreon. Follow me on Instagram. It is the best way to keep up with me because right now, you know, I'm, I'm now that the studio is all set up, I'm definitely going to be podcasting way more often and the Patreon details will come soon, but I'm on Instagram all the time. So follow me there. It's right here. It's going to be in the show notes. It's at Angela Marie Yucci. And um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting Heaven and Healing, for supporting me, um, whether or not this is your first time watching or you've been here from the beginning or you've been here for six months. It means so much to me. And I'm honored to have you as my brother or sister in Christ. And we may not ever meet in this life, but I look forward to giving you a big hug in heaven one day. So I would just like to say a prayer for my audience to close out. If you're listening or watching, just close your eyes. And if you're driving, please don't do that. But Lord, I just want to say a prayer over the audience right now for every person listening to these words. I pray that you would bless them. 
I pray that you would fill their life with your grace, that you would show them that you're there in the times when they can't feel you, that you would answer their most desperate prayer, Lord. I pray that that one thing, that you would just answer that desperate prayer if it's of your will, Lord. And I pray that you would show them your will for their life. I pray that you would show them that your will is greater than any self-determined will that they could ever have for themselves. And I pray that you would instill them with the faith and the trust to really lean into that and know that it is safe to be led by you no matter what they're going through. I pray that you would bless the people in their lives. I pray that any unsaved loved one that this would be the year, that 2023 would be the year that they come to know you, Lord. I pray that whoever's listening, that you would teach them through your scripture what it is that you desire for them, what is true doctrine, and what is your plan for them and for the world. And I pray that you would protect them, that you would post angels at every door and every window of their home, that you would bless all their pets, their loved ones, their children, that you would instill in their hearts the ceaseless desire every day to just wake up and serve you, and that you would always remind them to give you all the glory, Lord. I pray that you would move in their lives in a way for their good that brings you glory. And Lord, I pray that you use this podcast to plant seeds for the kingdom, to, that your will be done, and that you use me for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Mm-hmm.